Welcome to Getting Yoked. Getting Yoked. Real talk with a slant. The world is a mess. And way too serious. But we're here to make it fun again. I'm Scott. And I'm Kai. We're just two Asian dudes from Southern California. And And we've we've got got something something to say. Hey, welcome to this episode of Getting Yoked. Getting Yoked. So, this is episode 12. The 12th episode. We've had a few relationship episodes that have been pretty popular. They've been huge. People love them. Yeah. Although, I feel like I've been a little discouraged lately with relationships. Oh, yeah? How so? Well, I mean, I feel like I'm going to be friend-zoned, and I can't get a date unless I can guarantee an orgasm. Uh, Is is a real relationship really possible? You know, that's a big question. I think a lot of people spend a lot of money on magazines like Vanity Fair and Shape and stuff to kind of answer those tests on there to figure out if it will. But I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's other things that we can do. Maybe we should just go the other direction, go down the rabbit hole and and go into not relationships. The not relationship episode. Like, what would that be like? Well, you know what would be great if we could, I don't know, somehow have a guest that can talk about alternative relationships. Oh, wait a minute. Who do we have here? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We happen to have a guest today. We do. We happen to have a guest today. I'm going to let you introduce her, but we do know her as Natasha. Natasha, the pinup girl. And Natasha is uh, an amazing woman and a very good friend of mine. And Natasha, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Kai? I'm not Natasha, but I'm doing great as well. <laughs> and Natasha is a, a, a very unique person. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she isn't that unique in this type of world, but I happen to think she is. I've known Natasha for quite some time now. And um, she's a very good friend, an amazing woman. And she lives a double life. By day and sometimes by night, she is a very high-profile CEO of a national company. So she obviously lives a very um, standardized life or appears to in that position. But then in the other parts of the day, she has a double life and she does other things. Uh, What other things do you do, Natasha? Fun things mostly. Yeah? Yeah. What kind of fun things? Well, the most important thing I would say is that I'm polyamorous. Okay. I'm a polyamorous woman, so I'm involved with more than one person at a time, which is generally pretty shocking for people. In this culture, yeah, so. and, and let's and let's explain polyamory because that's that's become the the word has become more popular over mm-hmm. the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've actually even done reality shows on it. But you were obviously practicing it well before that. So, what 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 is polyamory? Polyamory means that you're uh, you're not monogamous. Right. So so that can be involved with two people. That can be involved with three people. That can be involved with men or with women or a combination of both. Basically, it's an understanding that the thing that suits your nature is to not be involved with only one person at a time. Now, do you feel that this is a natural course for most human beings, or do you think this is just your particular choice and lifestyle? Well, I'm not a sociologist or a psychologist, but to me, as I look around at so many failed relationships, Mm -hmm. you, you have to figure that anyone who's been in a marriage or a monogamous relationship and who has cheated Mm -hmm. is perhaps underneath it all polyamorous. But is that really polyamorous or is it just somebody who just wanted to get freaky with somebody else for a moment? Well, I don't think they've given themselves enough time to explore. Okay. Right? Good point. They're, they're kind of branching out, but then maybe they get roped back in and they never actually figure it out. So that would be kind of like when I leave at night to go out and, and Donna says, who are you seeing? Your wife, Kai? <laughs> and I said, excuse me, I'm the wife, Kai's the husband, secret, get it fucking straight. Secret wife, secret wife. So, uh, listeners, we do have an exciting episode today. We have our secret guest, Natasha, and we're going to talk about polyamory. Polyamory. Uh, BDSM. I, I, I know Natasha is very skilled in BDSM. Yes, I'm a professional, actually. Yeah. Now, what do you prefer in BDSM? I'm a trained submissive. Yeah, you're a trained so, sub. Yes, so right. I like being submissive. And not only did you practice it, you were actually a professional at it, correct? That's right. I worked in the club for three years. And then, um, so we'll talk about BDSM, polyamory. Uh, uh, bestiality, necrophilia. Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm <laughs> pretty, I don't know, Kai. What are we talking about? <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that none of us here has done necrophilia, although... There were nights a girlfriend was knocked out with Benadryl pretty heavily. Hey, listen, I think that Scott and I have all, I think Scott and I and some of our male listeners out there have sometimes slept with women that we felt 
we were being necrophiliacs because they were about dead as fish. <laughs> about about as dead as fish. Yeah, that's those weren't good nights. No, and that's when they're up, right? <laughs> yeah, that's when they're up. Yeah, so that's and and that was the episode when uh, Roslyn said uh, guys are have a one hundred percent orgasm rate. Yeah, no, no, it's not true. No, it's not, not true. when you feel like you're committing necrophilia. Right. Yeah, that's not good. That's never a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So, Natasha, at what point in time in your life did this become a realization to you that this is something that you would commit to and be a part of your life? Because I want to think that you grew up in the normal social standards. I did. I'm actually from a very conservative Republican family. They're always oh, from conservative Republican families. That's what we're talking That's about. We just said that in the last That's episode. Right. We were just talking about that with Ed, the political analyst, and we're saying we bet the Republicans have the craziest women because they look conservative on the outside, while the, the Dems women's are more liberal and everything, but then the conservative women are the freaks. If well, we had I, a dollar- I no longer identify as, uh, as, that. as that in okay. any right. way, shape, or form. Well, yeah, you don't, right. I, I don't know. We've never talked about it, but you don't really identify yourself as a democrat either do you i'm i'm pretty apolitical apolitical yeah. you're gonna you're gonna vote on 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 items and on topics not unnecessarily what and the character. party rules right 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 yeah yeah <laughs> listen if we had a dollar for every porn actress that came from a conservative midwest family i don't that know had to break out i don't know about you kai but i'm going to every fucking republican party that happens in la from now on they're all the closet freaks yeah, yeah, yeah. the closet freaks i'm gonna go and i'm just gonna I'm, it'll be awesome okay so let's be stereotypical natasha w- was it a case of closet freakness that sort of came out is it the i mean conservatism? can i can i put you under the psychology microscope and which we say have that no degree in, which that? we have oh, no right, oh, right. please do so please is do. okay so is this like a, a, in in short what kai's asking is this a preacher's daughter thing is this you rebelling against perhaps a conservative restrictive upbringing i think that um a little bit what happened is I went through the system. Yeah. Right. I went, I went through college. I went through school. I was an excellent student. I crushed school. Summa cum laude, the whole thing. Right. And then after college, I had this moment where I realized, I don't know who I am. I don't know anything about life. And I need to just jump in and figure it out. Right. So I actually became involved with a man who was polyamorous and told me that he demanded that I accept that he was going to be involved with other women. And I thought he was so exceptional that I agreed. And to those this terms. was in your small town that you grew up in. This was in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm from here. You're right? from here, yeah. just Originally. conservatively raised. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Outskirts of LA. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The places people don't talk about. Yeah. That are really hot. <laughs> yeah. Like Lancaster. <laughs> that we would be one. No nobody further. really. Nobody right. really talks about Lancaster unless you're filling in this statement. Hey, dude, can you take me a drive up to bleep? I need yeah. to pick up some crystal meth. That's the only yeah. time you really talk about it. Hey, right? we've all been there, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I engaged in a polyamorous relationship, but from the other side, from the man's side. And I was actually monogamous with him for many years. So, then, okay, so he believed in polyamory, but only for himself. That's right. And not for you. And that is a permutation right. where one person can say, I'm polyamorous, but the other person can find fulfillment in being monogamous. Ah. And that is possible. That's a Utah thing, isn't it? Uh, it could uh, be. More or less. A, a, yeah. Could, yeah. A Mormon kind of uh, thing. Right. Or the Romans. Or, yeah. Yeah. Right. Or the Romans. I mean, I would say yeah. that probably dates back quite a bit. Yeah. The, the, the Mormons are into it along with not changing their underwear. I don't <laughs> really know if there's a connection. Yeah. That's, but, a, uh, that's a nasty habit. Yeah. We'll move on yeah. from that. Um, so then I was in that relationship for about eight years. And you were how old? I started that relationship at age 23. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so then I was in that for about eight years. Um, I had a really life-changing time. And it really just opened me up to the fact that people are more, I think, than just the relationship, right? There are um, There is so much within people. Every person I look at is a universe. And that's kind of what I came to accept in what he was doing. And then when I left that relationship, um, I started to really just explore the world and try things with different people. When he first opened that can of worms with you, was it, did you fight it? Was it, oh my God, what's going on? Or did you sort of go with it because you were into him? Did you embrace it? Or? I did embrace it. I, I 
found him to be the most compelling person I had ever met in my life. And he sat me down and said, look, I'm really into you, but I'm just going to be completely honest. This is, this is the structure of my relationships. Do you think after, especially I know to get cheesy after movies like, uh, fishy shades of gray and et cetera, that people like that, they're generally charismatic and convincing and getting somebody like that to accept it. He, he was a very charismatic person. Um, and honestly, as I examine the relationship many years later, there, there's a lot to unpack there that's outside of the dynamic itself. And wouldn't right? you also, I mean, to me, it would also seem that you going on and later on becoming a professional sub mm-hmm. kind of had a tendency anyways in your character to f- flow along with things, should we say? I, I think I was just looking to feel. Yeah. I, I think that every human being is driven to experience life and feel life. And we express that in different ways. And that's that's the route that I chose. I just wanted to feel things. There's something to say about when you say you went the normal path. That's my story. I went the very normal path. You got married. Well, not really normal. You went ultra, ultra conservative, if you ask me, because you married really young. That's not a normal uh, path. I mean, you got married in your mid-20s. You were 25. 26, or 27. That's young. But I follow the path. And oh, right. The, anybody that follows the path, this was the path, especially as a good Asian male. You go to okay. school, get yeah. good grades. Yeah. You meet somebody. You get married. You have kids. You buy a house. You have a successful career. So, I, so I meet you, every one of those points. How would you rate your level of happiness in that program, in, in the path? Well, that's what ended up breaking the program that the lack of happiness that's what led to divorce and trying to find myself and i wouldn't say that finding myself today me- means that i'm completely different but i mm-hmm. think it's just everybody has a natural tendency to say you know what i i want to find it for myself though and not yeah, follow the path right. and scott's known right. me for a long time and the five my last five years of discovery yeah and the thing about that is that I'm at a place now where I say, no, I actually am okay with going back into a normal relationship, yep. but at least I had the five years of me discovering that on my own, mm-hmm. having fun, doing my thing. You're basically making ready. up for year 26 to 30. Right. Or in Scott's era, in Scott age, that's like 15 to 21. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Those, those years. Right. Right. Yeah. Where Scott gets it early. Yeah. But that seems to be some of it too. And I'm, and that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It's just, I think that there is a degree of, I think with a lot of people, you want to feel like you discover something, you own it for yourself instead of just being told what your life is going to be and what you're going to do. And I think that's basically what you did, right, Natasha? I mean, it's, right. you, you decided to take a path where you wanted to own it for yourself and it was about experiencing everything. Right. It's just about, let me, let me make something and experience something and create something that's mine. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to follow a prescription I want to try to just explore things and then I want to take from each experience that I have what I find of value and then meld that together to create a life that I love. Oh, and, and ultimately it's it's memories, it's experiences that we take with us because nothing else comes with us. That's the bank account of life. Right. Your experiences. And that's, you know, that's pretty much how I've lived my life, my whole youth. And But luckily enough, even though I had Asian parents, but um, unlike Kai, my parents were more... Um, enjoy, get out there, do everything, sow your oats. My mom even said to me, Scott, I don't want to meet anybody you're serious with until after your 30s. Because if you ever try to get married before your 30s, you're a fool. Because you're a male, you're a yoni hero, and you need to get out there and you need to sow some oats. Smart woman. Yeah, she was. Now let me ask you this question, because some of the listeners are going to cringe a little bit. The jealous, the people with jealous natures. Now, I've, I've talked to Scott about this. I have a jealous nature about myself. Well, you're I also, have a I have a possessive jealous nature. Sure, I mean you're you're also an Asian male, so right? it's like it's you know as Asian males being raised, you kind of are raised as a dominant Asian male Aries, yeah. just completely yeah, yeah. Aries, jealous. You're an Aries, and right? We've Scott and I have talked about this before. Uh, that you know, and, and Scott said you're not, you don't have that jealous that bone in your body as much as I, I do. I don't, I don't, and you never had. No, I, I so, never. Natasha, never had. did you ever? No, I'm not a jealous person. Right. Uh, For me, the motivation is the happiness of other people. Okay. If I see someone and I, and I see that they're happy, that selfishly brings me extreme joy. 
So in relationships, if someone tells me, look, I, I had this great experience with another person, I'm like, that's awesome. Right. I'm so happy for you. And then they're bringing that into our dynamic. So I would say that that was probably a psychological norm of people that live that lifestyle too. They tend not to have that jealous nature. Otherwise, because well, you're fighting internally. No, 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 or do you no, think there's some converts no, too? I, no, I, I seriously disagree. Are there some, are there some I, converts I too? I seriously disagree. I've, um, I've experienced in my lifestyle, uh, in my life, uh, well before I got married, um, I was in, uh, well, even after my first wife, um, I, I was in three different polyamorous relationships. And, but that was, it wasn't me with a guy. It was me with, with a woman, a husband, you know, a wife. Oh, I thought like it was that. with midgets. No, no. Well, oh, okay. that's the fantasy. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, okay. right. Sorry. That's sorry. the fantasy, right? So, I mean, polyamory, and, and, and when I experienced it, there was no real word for it. Nobody called it polyamorous or anything. It was mm-hmm. just like, dude, you're this girl's boyfriend and she has a husband. So it's kind of like that. We even took trips, vacations, things like that together, which was fine. Um, and it, it, I got to explain, I, I got to say, not everybody and most people aren't like Natasha. I've known Natasha for a while now. Um, and she is truly 100% completely uh, unjealous. Yeah. And you but don't you've run into that. you've run into some that have been though. All three of those relationships I was in in polyamorous relationships ended because one was a little bit more yeah. too involved and jealous. Right. Jealous happens. A lot of people like to think they can do it, but 95% of people can't. They'll do it for a while and then they just end up having these awful arguments and and just And the only reason why I could do it before we go any further is because I didn't have any skin in the game. I wasn't married to any of them. Is that a circumcised joke? I mean, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> right. It could be. It could be. But but I was I was the third wheel. Oh, okay. in the relationship. Third wheel. So it's very easy for me. I had no skin in the game. I mean, dude, my you, skin was showing up and dude, you got to step skin. it up and not right, be the right. third wheel. That's not very. Helpful. I didn't want. Why? Why would? Why would I want skin? I, in you the know game? what? As a matter of fact, That's now like, that I think about it, you had the perfect position. Yeah, I had the perfect position. You're the like third I could, wheel. Yeah, you can you can come in and out. Whenever That's what you, you call want. play without pay. You're right. You're I played right. without pay until people got all uncomfortable. They're like, mm, yeah, I'm checking out of this. This yeah. isn't working out anymore. Yeah, but you were just all about the happiness. About the happiness, enjoying it. and and that's what happened the very first relationship I was in with this couple in the Hollywood Hills, very wealthy. Um, I worked at a male review show and this one woman would come and visit me all the time and she brought me flowers. Um, beautiful, beautiful woman. And then one time when we went out to the next door club, uh, which was Sky Sushi, we're having some drinks and she said, she was on the phone, she said, here, uh, talk to him. And I go, uh, who's this? And I pick up the phone, she goes, it's my husband. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so the husband was like, Hey, I, do you like my wife and all this and talking? And I'm a little lit. Okay. I might have been under some ecstasy or something at the time. Perhaps. I, was young. I was in the 20s. Maybe. Who knows? Know? Right. And then I remember talking to him and it wasn't such a sweat. And then he said, Hey, why don't you come over? Why don't we have a party? And that's stuff. how it happens though. And, and, and it did. I, I even went on vacation with these people a couple of times. Mm. Yeah, they're really cool. And then, and, but you could see things were, things were kind of weird. Or, I mean, maybe it's weird for the first time you meet him. He asks you to fuck his wife in the ass, but. That's a, I mean, weird is I mean, relative, that's right? Fairly normal, but, you know. <laughs> right? Weird is relative. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, um, but that's how it's introduced too. Everybody that I've known that have been, I, okay, so we've got polyamory, we've got open relationships, that right? Are slightly different, right? Um, at least my experience with the open relationships is that they're very upfront with, hey, I'm with somebody, you need to be okay with that. Yeah. And if you're okay with that, mm-hmm. you can come along for the ride. Otherwise, we're going to move on. Because there's going to be other people. And, and so, Natasha, you were okay with it when you first were introduced to it because, of course, you were um, you were instantly charmed. And this was something where you felt, well, also, like you said, you wanted to experience things. I wanted to try new things. So what better new thing to try? I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty radical. So you try something new. Well, most people then, would think, hey, I'm going to smoke a joint tomorrow, and, and, but not necessarily get into a polyamorous relationship. That's, there's usually steps here. Well, I mean, I may have done that too. Okay. But, and but, can we okay. say, okay, I mean, maybe we're talking semantics here, but is a polyamorous relationship not the same as an open relationship? Because an open relationship, maybe they're married, but in polyamorous, you're not married. You're just more, uh, I guess, dating multiple people. Or are they kind of like one's inclusive to the other, but one's not the other? 
Um, honestly, I, I don't really know what the hierarchy is. I haven't studied it that formally. Sorry, this is my Asian, uh, you know, trying to figure out the logistics of it. Is there it. a math yeah, to it? Yeah, is yeah. there a math to <laughs> it? There's a right? formula. You're like creating an org chart in your right, head. Right, no, it is. It's, it's After this, he's going to actually put together one, of those, draw it out, yeah. one of those posters, pictures that there they put be, up uh, on, schematic. on You can go to gettingyoke.com slash polyamory <laughs> and download the free PDF that I will create. Yeah, how tonight. to become polyamorous. My experience with people that are polyamorous is not necessarily the marriage part there they they'll have multiple partners whether it's boyfriends or girlfriends because because they don't really want to commit to one person right versus a, an open relationship where they do commit to one person well, and they you, you can also look at it if if you look at experience as your highest value right mm-hmm. and and i like to draw the analogy of food okay would you eat the same food every day of your life Mm, well, right. Pizza. I mean, we talk about pizza all the time. Pizza is, not, is it close? Yeah, but even close. even pizza would be kind of hard every day. And so, if you look at each person as a completely different experience, then wouldn't you want to have that variety in your life? There are some people that uh, maybe don't have the skill set to pick up a lot of people or meet a lot of people, and so I think that their default nature is to stick to one. Because they don't have the confidence. I mean, let's face it. If you're a guy and a girl and you can pick up on people easily, it sort of opens your mind up to the possibility. You're, talk- of- you're talking about the Richard Greer syndrome. Yes. So basically, if, if you're having enough normal sex every day, all the time, you look at a hamster it's about or a options. gerbil and you think, hmm, maybe in a stocking up my ass, it might be interesting. It's about options. I mean, that's the Richard Gere thing. If right. you're uh, a charismatic, attractive male or female, and you stop, I'm blushing. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait. And you can pretty much get a lot of women or men. It opens your mind up to that because you aren't as jealous because you know there's somebody else, or because if you think about a lot of jealousy and yeah. a lot of insecurity, it's the it's the it's the uh, psychological nature of there's not somebody else there or they're the only one. But people that meet a lot of people and get a lot of people, they're not going to have that same nature about them. I don't I I don't know. I, I I'm not quite too sure about that. I, I'm I've not saying how, that's all inclusive. I'm right, just saying uh, more so. You're saying it's I'm more so. I'm just saying that if I gave somebody the ability that you can get anybody you want, right. it, it could open them up to maybe not women, but yeah. at least men. Oh, definitely men. I think men are kind of prone to that. Anyways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't say that I approach it as, oh, the people are not important because I can have lots of them. It's actually completely the opposite. Opposite. It's you, you enjoy every unique experience that's with right, these people. That's right. It's, it's about each person is something of extreme value, and I insist on total focus in that moment with a person. Okay, so you're breaking the myth that I just put out there that it's not just about hooking up with multiple oh people in a yeah. shallow, no. senseless way. No, no, yeah. You want all. actually yeah. somewhat of a deep connection. I, I so want, how yeah. deep is that connection though? Oh. Are, are we talking about deep connection in full relationship and saying, hey, how was your day? What did you do? Absolutely. You're understanding about them? Really? Profound truth with every person. And, and that's really, um, when you engage in this lifestyle purely and with with real intention you're looking for getting rid of all expectation and when you meet someone you have no playbook and you just say who are you right what are you about what do you stand for and can we make something beautiful together and you're dating each one of these people in the same way getting to know them and filtering them and making sure because that they're good it, enough and i cuz this is not an am pm 2 no, for 49 no. cent special no no we're this about. is everything right okay. but but i and i know natasha long enough to know that if she's going to take the time to actually spend time with you it's because she's interested in really getting to know you absolutely mm-hmm. cuz i and see that you are an experience that I feel could enrich my life. Yeah, to add on into what you already know, right. um, which is, and I can testify, is so different and opposite of what most people do. I think mm-hmm. most people are like what Kai says, mm-hmm. because you have to have an extreme focus to be like that, Natasha, to really want to appreciate and enjoy somebody for mm-hmm. everything that they can offer you and, and fill in some um, areas of your knowledge that you didn't have prior. So I think most people just are, are, and most guys are looking for just the carnal experience. This is the anti-game. Yeah. The game is about a lot of pickup, a lot of just sex. This is beyond that. Right. No, Natasha's, Natasha's, what some people may say, promiscuity or, um, you know, words that they loosely throw around, slut and whore, is actually about 
experiencing life and experiencing people for their uniqueness and what they can offer to you uh, as far as how you look at life. Right, and, and especially as a woman, to choose a man to engage with sexually, energetically, is a huge decision. You're taking something into your body. Right. That's not something that I take lightly at all. That's a very, very careful choice. Okay, I was actually asked a, a, an interesting question by a girl that I dated. Was she, it the are you gay question? No. <laughs> you know, I know you're gay. Yeah, yeah. But she asked, she asked me this. And she you said, said, yes, it's Scott. I'm in love with Scott. She said, do you think that people can be in love with more than one person? And without flinching, I said, yes. The girl, the girl said that. She to asked you. me that. Okay, was the girl into it? Is, is she? This was a girl that I was dating. She yeah. was my girlfriend at the time. And the reason why she asked me that was. I knew she, who this girl was, right? Do you I know, know? You know who it is. I know who, okay. Yeah. So she asked me that question and um, I immediately said yes. And it kind of took her by surprise because the reason why she asked me that was she was trying to tell me that one of her friends uh, who was married apparently fell in love with somebody else. And she was trying to say, I can't believe you fell in love with somebody else. How could somebody actually be in love with two people? So she was asking me, hopefully. Being that I would say no to validate her, oh, and I she said was fishing for she that. was fishing yeah. for me to say yeah. no, and I said absolutely yes. Yeah, and she says, "Wait, how could you say that?" And I said, "Because here's the thing, it's really simple. I I just think that love and everything that grows out of it really boils down to commitment, intention, and time. And if I spend time with two people with the same intention, the same commitment, and the same amount of interaction, I'm going to fall in love with them equally, right? In some way, it's possible." It, it, so, so isn't that polyamory? Yes, and I, and I think that you're touching on something very important because there's this strange myth, especially among women, and I, I try to talk to a lot of women about this, but love for one person does not negate or preclude love for another person. Correct. Right? Because you, you can love, if I love you, that doesn't mean that I love another person less. You've got time vested in Exactly. People. One of the things that I told her, though, and I know this would probably freak out most people that I date, is that I said, and here's how I know this, too. Even when I break up with somebody, I don't completely lose my love for that person. There's always a part of me that's always going to love that person in their way. It doesn't mean that I want to be with them. You had something with them. It doesn't, I, it doesn't go away. It doesn't get I eliminated. Agree. No, I, I right? agree with you 100%. I think I feel that way about every every serious relationship I was in, mm -hmm. I'm always going to have a little bit of love for that. You person. had a meaningful experience. Right. They, How they, could you not love that? It cannot they, be replaced. It can't be eliminated. Right, right. They were an integral part of a moment of your life that you shared with them and was very honest and real with them. So how can you ever take that away? Right. So, okay. So question, somebody who's polyamorous, you obviously your intentions aren't so much sexual as it is being able to experience Multiple relationships. Multiple relationships and love and the way that it can affect your life. And then sex obviously is good. So let's talk about the whole thing with being a sub. Um, is it relatable to polyamory or is it a completely different thing that being a sub is something that you enjoy? Um, I myself, you, we've talked about this. I think part of you being a successful CEO and working in this very power-driven national company uh, and doing what you do, I mean, closing deals of hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, mm -hmm. um, women who are strong, and we've talked about this, Kai and I talk about this, strong women need to have moments where they feel they can let go and they can, and they can completely drop their guard down, not be, um, the, the top dog, the alpha person that they can actually let their guard down and be, frail of lack of better word is that true absolutely yeah absolutely and i, I think um we, we can get into the roles of men and women if you guys want to of, of to course say about that, absolutely but, but um in in my view the the role of men is very much related to the physical men should be masters of the physical right you take care of you, you hunt you take care of shelter and fire and food and women are masters of the non-physical, right? So, so for me, in this world of business, which is primarily non-physical, you're, you're negotiating things like money and, and uh, personalities and, and employees and things like that, I need to feel physically taken care of yeah. at certain moments. I need to just be held in someone's arms and experience 
that physical relaxation. Uh, Jessica, who was our guest before and the owner of Functional Fitness, and we did the topic on the friend zone. She agrees with me 100%. I said, look, the more successful a woman is, the more independent and powerful she is. And I've had many experiences with women that were very successful, uh, very important, and um, very intelligent. Every single one of them, every single one, not one of them, didn't, they all appreciated, every one of them, the moments when I would just say, shut up, throw them over my shoulder, take them over to the bedroom, toss them on the bed and rip off their clothes. Absolutely. I mean, they just, they absolutely, absolutely. loved it. You could tell just from the way their skin was flush, mm-hmm. everything. I mean, my wife included in AD, she's That's in That's why of we said the alpha female. They need it. They're, uh, well, I, I said it's a myth, not that alpha females don't exist, but the they, alpha. They exist. They, I mean, they, no, they, they yeah. exist within their role of females. But when it comes to the male-female relationship, there's a reality of the male dominance, I guess, the male okay. power over the female in well, terms of... What, do you agree with it? First of all, do you agree with that? Well, I, I would say that, that a truly powerful woman can identify the power of a man. Okay. That's what I would say. And there's no way that I could be physically stronger than you. Yeah. You right? wouldn't, you, and, there's no way would, you would get into it. I there's would never no way. try. Yeah. Why would I try? That's not my domain. Yeah. So I'm going to let you handle it. Yeah. I'm, there are going to be times when I'm just going to let go. And there will be times also when I handle things that you can't necessarily It's because handle. you recognize that the males are the masters of the physical domain. Right. And, and men, sex men and being women, very physical, that's where you're going to relinquish a lot of that. Absolutely. Although, although you should watch some videos I have of Natasha deadlifting. Oh, okay. She's pretty, oh, yeah. she, yeah, she's you, scared, you scared me for a second because I thought you were going to make me watch videos <laughs> of you having sex, which is really not my thing. No, no. <laughs> that's, still, that's still up on YouTube, but you can actually have an account for that. But www.scottandmidgets.com. Not YouTube. You porn. You yeah. porn. <laughs> <laughs> right. And red tube. Right. I, mixed, I, I put them together on that one. No, but I mean. So she, he's heard. Well, here's the, here's the thing too. Natasha is not some frail woman. She is an amazingly beautiful woman, but she is gifted with uh, a, an amazing frame. She's very strong. Uh, I've written workout programs for her and she's tackled them and destroyed them. Uh, things, same things that I would write for celebrities and actors getting ready for movies. And she just, she crushes it. She's just, she comes from this mindset, not only of a CEO perspective of nothing's really an obstacle. They're just challenges, but she, she, she doesn't accept no for an answer. She pushes herself. So if, if Natasha is going to spend time with a man, there's something about the man that she feels that she can respect. And you can't respect being with somebody who you feel you're stronger than. I mean, That's right. He has to be woman. stronger than I am. Right. He has to be stronger than I and am. Would I, you say that's kind of the norm for most women? I mean, I women, think, I think, need to feel, I mean, fundamental. Let's talk about fundamentals. Women need to feel that they're safer with a man in some, in some respect. Yeah, I, I think that the, the most primitive contract between man and woman is service in exchange for strength. Right. In, in, if you go back to caveman days, you're stronger than I am physically. You you do all the stuff that requires strength, and you protect me, and I will serve. Hmm. To all the feminists out there, it's all fun and games until you need somebody to help you move the couch. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Here's the thing. I mean, Kai and I have talked about this, and the feminists I know, I mean, ultra-strong feminists, when you really get to know them and they start to really open up to you, a lot of their feminism is stemmed from things from bad relationships when they were younger, um, misguided parental situations. Um, maybe they were influenced by movies. A lot of them don't have literally the experience to really push the feminism, the feminism movement that they're that they so called right. attach themselves to. Do and we know a strong feminist that actually had a strong father? Well, he, here's the thing. The I mean, that's kind of what you're saying, right? Exactly. And and here's the thing. The strongest women that I know in my life, and Natasha is one of them. I love Natasha. She's, I've known her for years. And, but she's one of a very select group of women that are not only successful business wise, financially, they're intelligent. They, 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 they deserve not only my respect, but I'm enamored by them, you know, including my mom, who's an amazing matriarch and teacher. Um, these are women that accept and not just accepted, but grasped their relationship roles with men 
and understood what the real power of a woman is. And they didn't need some movement or anything to make them feel stronger. Let's let me ask you that for a second. Was your father a dominant strong figure? Absolutely. And he So the, you had a good um basis for what a man should be. Absolutely. And he's the guy who can go into the woods with a a hunting knife and a, a toothpick and build you anything. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Natasha, but he's created like a very, he's created, I mean, not only was he successful financially and as a well-respected, intelligent man in his field, um, people, many people came to him with, uh, with, with issues and he would solve the, can I, can I talk about what he did? Yeah, yeah, sure. He was a doctor, but, but one of the most amazing things, even though he was a general practitioner, he, he was amazing at being able to take a look at a patient and, pinpoint the problem that was primary with them. diagnosis a primary yeah. diagnosis was so accurate he, he saved lives from just first meetings so not only was he amazingly intelligent but he was able to actually go off into the wild which is what he did and create a self-sustaining ecological lifestyle that's right. So I mean, he, that's fucking he lives, amazing. He lives in the middle of the forest in Northern California. Did you call him, by the way, and tell him that he's on Kai and my team for the zombie apocalypse <laughs> when it happens? Because oh, we need that. He's the guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. I mean, that's so you had a great relationship. He was, he was a great example of what a man should be. I think every woman has daddy issues, whether it's good daddy or bad daddy issues. I'm good point. I think, think? That, I think that their dads yeah. that's the tone for how they view themselves, their strength, their security, and their uh, degree of feminism. Uh, you know, on the flip side, do all boys have daddy issues? I think all children have parent issues. Okay. Okay. Mom yeah. and dad are so important. Sure. And and the qualities and the characteristics of mom and dad trickle down to the children in very profound ways. So here's the uh, here's my next question for you because I I've seen this in documentaries on I don't know Discovery Channel with the Mormon uh, polygamy is that in the polyamorous relationship how often do the do the nodes get to know each other? I think that's a completely... Okay, go ahead. You you go, Natasha. Well, uh, every interaction has different parameters. Mm-hmm. So when you have a discussion with someone about this very honestly, you have to determine what's comfortable for them. I have several relationships which are completely open, and the, the man and I talk very freely about our interactions, and he'll say, yeah, you know, the other night I went out with this girl, and I fucked her, and it was... Yeah, it was okay, but then she started to be crazy, and and I didn't really like it anymore, so I stopped it. You know, you know, some very very honest, like, right. and I'll say the same thing. Um, there's a gentleman that I'm involved with who he prefers don't ask, don't tell, which is a very standard thing. He he doesn't want to know who else I'm involved with because it's uncomfortable for him, but he accepts the fact that I will be involved with other people. So he just doesn't want to know the details. But how often do, when I say nodes, and this is what I was getting at, and is that... We're back uh, on let's, your org chart again. Let's say, yeah, I am on my <laughs> org chart. He's grafting the so chart. So let's just say, let's, let's say you're involved with a man who's involved with multiple women. How often mm. do you get to know any of the other women? Uh, every now and again. Like, yeah. we'll all go to a sex party or something and just kind of get to know each other. So it it's kind of just depends on... Uh, I don't know. It's an algorithm. I'll speak your language, right? Yeah. It's just, it, it, there are many different That's very racist, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about sex parties, is it like very eyes wide shut and the, uh, the password is Fidelio? Is that how that happens? <laughs> I mean, are no, there masks no. and everything? Or is no, this in like the, uh, is, or is this not as, uh, is it not as glamorous because it's in the basement of a Lancaster or it's mining Kai sex party where the code word is dirty Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually far less romantic. It's like, um, I mean, it, it could be a really nice place, but there's an iPad where you sign a legal waiver. Of course you know, you when do. you when oh, you enter, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know of what I mean. Waiver, there's, yeah. there's Which no, kills everything, right? Oh there. yeah, there's yeah. no sexy password or mask or anything yeah. like that. It's I will not sue anyone. Yeah, if that's the anything password. happens, and yeah. I get a, a, a STD or anything. It's right. it's very much like the porn industry where there's an unsexiness to that as well. Whether it's iPads or there's condoms all over the place, or sometimes it's it could be so uh, matter of fact that it's not as sexy as people can imagine the fantasy could be, right? 
Well, once you get past the iPad and the the signing your life away, then you can start to have fun. Which when yeah, <laughs> which when you get used to it, you kind of yeah. just go, okay, yeah. it's just the preliminary, and then you right. walk through. And then I'm going to edit this part out because I don't want to think that that's what happens. I, I, I want to think <laughs> oh. that it's actually more eyes keep wide it. shut. Just keep it. Oh, just, Kai, uh, you're a romantic. That's so sweet. I, I, now I am. Yeah. I am. I came from the old world of Vietnam. <laughs> That's romantic. Yeah. Well, you know, there's something romantic about digging tunnels. <laughs> Do they have seven dollar massages in Vietnam? Is that, God, or, I would uh, move there yeah. if they had seven dollar massages. Or seven dollars for seven dollars, you can get a massage and a four course meal for seven dollars in Vietnam. Jesus. I went with my family. We had a like a five course meal for four. And it was equivalent to 12 U.S. dollars. Wow. Have you not seen Full Metal Jacket? <laughs> well, I mean, that was kind of a while ago, though. So, the I mean, exchange this is, rate is still the same. Is it really? Yeah. It's, it's, we're going to Vietnam. We're going to Vietnam. Well, Thailand's the same way, right? So, yeah. Jeez. So, this is my gaydar question. Yeah. People have gaydar within the... Uh, yes, I am and I love you. <laughs> wait, 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 what was the question? Wait, wait, what was the question? Wait, okay. Within the polyamorous... Scratch that. I didn't mean it. Elevator it music. Do, 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 do. Within the polyamorous open relationship uh, sex club world, is it easy to recognize people that live that lifestyle? Or do you kind of see the cues a little bit more? Mm, that's an interesting question. No. No, you really have to talk to someone. You have to be very direct about it. You have to just say, you meet someone, you're interested in them, and then you have a conversation and say, look, I think you're awesome. I want to do something with you, but this is who I am. You have to talk about it. Interestingly enough, Natasha, I've I've always been able to kind of pick out the people who could. Really? Yeah. Jessica, if you're listening to this, Jessica knows (laughs) because she's at Functional Fitness, and I'll, I'll walk up to her and I'll go, that girl's a freak. And I'll, I'll just know because of certain things that she does. And when I start to talk to her, we'll talk about things. And I'm like, mm, you're a total sub, aren't you? And then we'll just talk. And then she'll be like, oh, my God, I am. And then she'll But that's about not specifically things. a polyamorous cue. That's okay, like good point. She, she might like to have a cucumber shoved up her ass or something. Right. I, you I, know? Okay, good point. I, for some reason, can sense when somebody is a freak. So it's an individual thing that... Some people just have the sense, and some people don't. Just oh, like I, 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 can, I can point out that. And I'm the complete opposite. I'm completely oblivious to everything. Yeah. Somebody could like me. They could be shoving a cucumber up my ass. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe she wants to go out. I have no idea. Well, Mike, <laughs> good friends, good friends of mine, Mike Seguin, Corey Kwan, all of us, whenever we went on trips together to Vegas or anywhere we went to, I was the one who could instantly find the freakiest person in the room at a club. And they're hanging out with me all day. Yeah. Whether they're, whether it's a girl and I'm kissing on them or something. Cause it's just like, Hey, I, you're a freak. I'm a freak. Let's hang out. But it's just, it would... Scott's it, the best person to ask, does she like me or does she not? Because yeah. I'm so oblivious. I just look at Scott and does she like me, does she not? And he always mm-hmm. gives me the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I try. Yeah. I try. So it's a thing, though. It's um, So maybe it's more individual whether you can sense it. it, could, it I've, I've spent a lot of time with a lot of amazing people. And not just women, but just people. And so it's just... I mean, uh, I've had very unique experiences like Natasha... Growing up and wanting to experience things, I traveled around the the states and in a Jer- in a Jack Kerouac what kind of way. So I mean, there were times when, I mean, my God, there were times where I would listen to people confess their entire lives while lying in a field of poppies, um, falling three sheets deep into five black blotter tabs of acid. And while people are talking about the greatest fears and enjoyments of their lives, I mean, experiences like that where you're literally so spellbound by life and you're just holding hands and you can't move because the experience is so intense. Yeah. I mean, there, there are things that you learn. And, and uh, it's funny because those that are listening to this right now, some of you might, might be going, what the fuck? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, you know what I say? Fuck you, Scott right. Yonero. Because I mean, at that moment, I'm programming a database somewhere. Right. You know, <laughs> like, I don't right. know, doing some normal work. And you're right. in a poppy field. Yeah. And, 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 and Natasha knows because Natasha, and, and when we're talking about this, she understands because she's lived her life for experiences like that as well. And Natasha and I, like I said, we go way back. I've had experiences like this with Natasha where we would just hang out and we would enjoy just being. And that's just being, and that's exactly what I mean, just being. Whether it's being a male or a female or a human or whatever, just ex- just experiencing everything. I mean, everything from music to... I mean, one of my favorite things was when we would just play songs for each other. 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, listen to this. Holy fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's like, I, I don't know. What, what, was I, it Coldplay? Well, if it was, then I'm gay. Yeah. Right. But it's, I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's just part of life. It's just everything. Right. Experience is everything. So a lot of this is uh, experience addicts. I could call myself an experience addict. I love the experience. Oh, I, I love you, that. No, you're, you're definitely an experience addict. Yeah. I mean, Kai, you're definitely somebody who wants to always put something under the belt, check new things. You're, mm-hmm. you, you did a safari I in Africa. Say that I did you that. did a safari in Africa last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always new things. I mean, if, if there's anything about my brother Kai, every year he'll go, okay, this is the things that I want to get get done on my bucket list this year, which is great because when Kai does die eventually, which we all must, until cryogenics is really mastered. I'm Asian. I'm going to die at like 134, though. Something like that. Right? Yeah, you'll outlive us all. <laughs> he probably will. He's pure Asian, so he'll, he'll outlive me. Yeah. yeah. Right. But then, I mean, you're, you're, you're knocking out your bucket list, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about this. Alternative lifestyle. We talked about the experience in relationships. Let's talk about the sex of it. What, what mm-hmm. is it of the sex of it that you enjoy? I mean, what, what, what are your favorite things? Do you find it crazier or is it um, actually pretty normal just with multiple people? Um, what I've I mean, learned, normal is a relative word, but, right? absolutely. But but what I've learned uh, as a woman who has committed to experiencing many men, yeah. which is uh, a little bit different than what most women commit to. Most women, I would say, know a couple of men in their life, if that. Some women only one or two. Um, you learn that every man has something completely different to offer you energetically and sexually. Mm-hmm. And every and what's also funny is every man thinks that what he offers is all there is. Is all there is right. because they because they're that's men. All they they, that's all they know, and that's yeah. all they know. You well, don't need me, more than this, baby. <laughs> right? For me, it, there's all there is, though. <laughs> just, right? Just saying. So 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 it's really interesting when you when you start to realize that. Every man has a gift to give you. And men are the creators of energy. Women are the transformers That's usually of what I tell women. Yeah. I've got a gift to give you. you. Yeah, that's, that's a great way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah. So the job of a woman is to transform energy. And if you think about the reproductive process, that's exactly what happens. The man yeah. gives something, the woman holds it, transforms it, and gives back something even more beautiful in the end. So the sexual process is, is really all about that. It's about the woman receiving taking it in and that's why a woman actually is uh stronger than a man energetically sure. because we because have, you to, have to deal with that energy that we the man have is to giving. be able to take everything you have yeah it just just give it all to me and um i'll take it in i'll hold it and i'll give it back in a more beautiful form yeah so sex is is all about that yeah what as when i look at a man for for a sexual interaction i'm saying what do you have to give me? How pure and good and wonderful is it? And will it make will it make my system and my life stronger and better? Okay, so great. That actually explains a lot. So you're saying that reverse cowgirl is your favorite. That's a good that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. Does anybody actually like reverse cowgirl in real life? I mean, I mean it's a porn move. It's a porn move and, and Frank, it's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. That's you what can, I was gonna say. It's dangerous. Break penises. You in can half. break penises. <laughs> yeah. I've seen I'm, broken penises. I'm it's scary. Not a huge fan. I don't yeah. it, it's not a real I've, life. I've thing. had girls no. try to do reverse cowgirl and I'm like, no, no stop, stop. I'm scared. It's gonna it's gonna go down because I'm it's scared that you're gonna pop my dick. I would think that I've if, been injured in that one too. Have you really? Absolutely. That's How? a dangerous one. It's it's I don't crazy. know. It just pokes things in weird places. Right. And it if hurts. you're gonna do it, maybe with a, a small spinner, you know, like, like a little the petite hands, girl, the hand spinners, like fidget spinners. No, but like, spinners, right. but I mean, the little spinners, like little five foot oh, girls, little, little spinners, the little spinners. Yeah. I, I mean, but I'm saying like even but still, still it even not then, a, it's scary. I can't get into it. It is not a. It's not a real move. No, it's not something that you can just let go. No, because let's be honest, they're pushing forward, which if they're in reverse cowgirl, they're pushing toward your knees and then Mm -hmm. shutting back. So anytime they do that, you're looking at a position of where they could snap your cock in half. <laughs> and that's not, that's not a good that's position. That's never a good thing. It's never a you, good thing. The potential of that is never a good no, thing. No, yeah. it's not yeah. good. Yeah. So to start to um, wrap up our show and go into the sunset of this episode, let's, let me ask you the final question. This is my tattoo question. So how does this lifestyle, what does this look like as you get older? You know, when you're in your 60s, your 70s, because the... That's really old. You, 
Well, I, but here's, here's what I'm saying, because when I look at um, whether it's relationships or just having fun Standard heterosexual relationships. To me, it's all fun and games. Right. But I think a lot of people, as they get older, they're in their 60s or 70s or 80s, they're getting older. I think there is a sense of stability. You want to grow old with a person. Right. 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 So how is that uh, in this type of lifestyle? And what do you know about that? Who do you know about that? There are, are polyamorous or do they eventually gravitate toward one person? Um, well, I, I can't say for myself. I have no idea where I'll be at 60 or 70. Good Lord. I hope I'll still be pretty. But um, I do know some people who are older. I knew one gentleman in particular who lived the lifestyle and he was about 75 when I knew him and he had done this his whole life um, and what he had ended up with was one woman who was pretty much uh, his full-time interaction uh, but it was still technically open yeah. and then he would have other women just sometimes come in give him a blowjob or you know just if he How felt old was like he? he was 75 80 awesome. this was in, this was in the BDSM club I saw him getting blown by like a 21 year old Playboy oh, Bunny, wow, and he awesome. was like seventy five years old. That's incredible. And I was just like, "Good for you, man. Good, good for uh, him. Amazing, yeah. absolutely. Amazing. Good for him." So there so, is a yeah. sense of, I mean, maybe not fully monogamous, but as they get Some older, stability. they start to gravitate more toward one person, and maybe it's just a spiritual thing. They gravitate one person because that's the person that they've connected with their whole lives. Yeah, I or mean, you're, you're kind of day. just looking for the best recipe for companionship, right? Right. You're, you're and saying, that's what you get companionship. To that companionship. People, everybody wants companionship. I think it's about companionship. Yeah. It's about wanting to um, share experiences with someone. And that's why Kai and I are, are set for life because we have that's this right. podcast. Because we've, you're married. We've got the companionship yeah. of podcast. At the end of the day, my companion is Scott yeah. forever. Kai, can I can I marry you guys? Donna, is that cool? Would that be polyamorous? <laughs> I I think it would be awesome. We'll think about it. Yeah, we got to see the jealousy thing. So thank you so much, Natasha, for this episode. Um, Thanks for coming. My pleasure, guys. We went down the rabbit hole. I mean, if you thought that we were gonna go into friend zone and single parent dating and then turn to normal, oh no. No. We took a complete left turn and we went deeper. And you know what? Here's we fisted the, the rabbit hole. Oh, and listeners. <laughs> It it's still beginning. We still we haven't even touched. This is actually BDSM. Actually, oh yeah, we haven't even touched on BDSM and everything else because we're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to I don't know maybe the sex club or whatever that is. Natasha, the pinup girl, will be back, but we'll talk about other things, a little bit more heated things, um, as well as some other guests. Yeah, well. As everybody knows, uh, just nothing's normal in the Getting Yoke world anyways. So, again, thank you, Natasha, for being our guest. Thank you, love. I'm thank Kai you. McBride. This is Getting Yoke. My co-host, Scott Yanihiro. Hello. And we will see you next time. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.